I'm a horrible swimmer. Okay. And and I would show up the triathlons, and I would be the last one out of the pool. <laughs> yeah. I would do really, really well. I mean, in my perspective, well on the bike. Yeah. And then I would do hold my own on the run. And after a while, I was like, I should just bike. Yeah. Ironman race morning was the third time I swam in like 10 years. Wow. And I had done a half Ironman before, okay. but I'd never done a full. So I never swam like... 2.4 miles. And so I just kind of like just kept plugging away and just went from one buoy to the next and one buoy to the next and yeah. just kept plugging away. Wow. I, I don't know whether that's like like brave or like <laughs> stupid. Or, no, I just, it's, it's, it's kind of awesome. Like, you, like, I think it's awesome that you just went out there and like you did it, though. That's <laughs> I just uh, just went out there and did yeah. it. You're listening to the Run the Riot podcast, where we talk about all things ultra running. I'm your host, David Terrio, and man, I'm pumped that you are here. Let's see what we can get into today. Hey there, my friends. Welcome to another episode of the Run the Riot podcast. So glad you are here. Well, things have been crazy on my end, as uh, you heard last time the podcast came out. Uh, I have been fast and furious getting ready for the Bigfoot 200. Uh, when this podcast comes out, I'll be a week out from uh, from being in the mountains up in uh, northwest United States of America. I'm I'm pretty pumped. I'm excited. I train my butt off and uh, I'm ready to go. You know, I just got to get all the logistics together, last minute, all my things together and they're making course changes and, you know, stuff like that happens when you're dealing with over 200 miles out in the wilderness. And so, uh, man, I encourage you to follow along and watch my little dot go across the map on your computer or your cell phone and, uh, man, send some prayers my way and uh, cheer me on. I'm going to try to get a midweek motivation out this week before we go because I got a lot of stuff on my brain. And I know I said that before, but, uh, uh, you know, time's just getting away, man. Time is busy. Life is busy. But, you know, sometimes it's like that when you got stuff going on, when you got big things uh, on the horizon and other things happen in life and you just got to balance things out. So anyway, um, today we have uh, a special guest on the podcast. You know, one of the things I like about our sport is that it brings people from all walks of life together to enjoy pushing our limits, seeing what we can do. And uh, I enjoyed this in-person visit with Dr. William Clark. Dr. Clark is a spinal surgeon here in the Tulsa, Oklahoma area. He specializes in scoliosis and spinal deformity. You ought to see the things that he does on his social media. Uh, Major, major um, just major operations on people's spines. It's crazy. You'll hear him talk a little bit about that on this episode. He loves his job and he loves the challenges it presents him on a regular basis. Um, Dr. Clark is also an Ironman and he's done ultra distance bike rides, mountain bike rides, uh, including the Leadville Mountain Bike 100. Uh, he's also done uh, various ultra marathons and he's got more on the schedule. And um, some of you guys are going to love his his committed but flexible approach to training as he balances being a doctor, his family, and and doing these ultra marathons and ultra bike rides. And man, I really had a blast getting to know William, and I know you'll enjoy getting to know him too through this podcast. Well, before we get started, real quick, we need to thank our sponsors. First of all, Exoskin. Man, I will be for the Bigfoot 200. I've got my exo toes laid out to wear to keep. We got we're gonna have creek crossings and all that. I got to keep my feet happy and keep keep the water wicked away from my feet and these 
Exotoes will do it. I love them. They also make regular socks. They do calf sleeves, arm sleeves, shorts, tight shirts, uh, all with their special fabric made in the USA. The fabric keeps you from chafing. And man, like you've heard me say before, their shorts after 100 mile, they don't smell. They're awesome. And check out their new Runderwear liners. Uh, keep everything happy and chafe free uh, underneath your shorts. If you go to www.exoskin.us, you can check out all their products there and you can use the code RUNTHERIOT, R-U-N-T-H-E-R-I-O-T for a discount. And they also offer a 30-day money-back guarantee, man. Try them out. If they you don't like them, which I don't see how you could not like them, but uh, you can return them uh, for money-back guarantee. Also, we're brought to you by Runner's World Tulsa. If you're coming to the Tulsa area, you need anything having to do with running, stop by Runner's World Tulsa. Man, Barbara and Kathy will hook you up. They've got, you need shoes? They got shoes. You need road shoes? Yep, got that. Trail shoes? Yep, got that. You need uh, packs? You need um, nutrition? Anything. You need a treadmill with an altitude tent over it? (laughs) They've got that too. Stop by Runner's World Tulsa and check out all they have to offer. Go to www.runnersworldtulsa.com and you can see some of what they have. Get the address there. And they've also got some races that they put on on a regular basis you can check out from the website. And we're also brought to you by the Outlaw 100 Race Series. Check out the Outlaw 100 Race Series. Go to www.outlaw100.com. And those races include the Flat Rock Triple Crown in Independence, Kansas. Races in January, April, and September. The Lake McMurtry Run in Stillwater in April. The Flower Moon in Pawhuska in May. Dark and Dirty in Wilburton in July. The Thunderbird in in Norman in November, and of course the Outlaw 100 in February. That's got distances from 135 miles all the way down to the 5K. You've heard some of our guests talk about it. It's a tough race, but man, these are all great trail runs, and uh, Jeremy and Alicia put on, they just do a great job of taking care of runners. They understand the ultra community because they do the thing, and um, so man, any of these races, you will love them, so check them out. Check out the Outlaw 100 race series. All right. Let's get started, guys. Let's uh, listen in as I visit with Dr. William Clark. All right, today in person, for the Run the Riot podcast, we have Dr. William Clark. What's going on, William? Not much. How are you? I'm doing great, man. I'm glad we could do this in person because uh, it's much more fun. Absolutely. So you and I met up on the mountain. Right. Yeah, Turkey Mountain. I think I was trashed after like a six or eight hour run and you were just you were just hanging out, right? I was just hanging out. Yeah. I took the dog up there and uh, we were about to go on the trail and I, I was curious about the trail conditions. Yeah. And I saw you come down. I go, he's not too muddy. <laughs> <laughs> and you look pretty good, so. Oh, really? Well, I felt, I felt trashed. I remember it was a long run. I just, you know, hot, sweaty and just being out there for a while. But, uh, but yeah, we started talking and um, found out you were a, well, found out you were a runner and then, you know, through chatting that you were also a doctor. So um, that's, inter- that's really interesting to me that you did running, Ironman, all this stuff, and, and also, also a doctor. So uh, I have a lot of questions. So hopefully you have 
some answers. All right. Right. So, so let's start off so so I can get to know you a little bit better. Where Where are you from originally, man? Where, where are you? Yeah, I was uh, born right here in Tulsa. Okay. And then I went to Broken Arrow High School. Okay. And uh, I was I ran track. I was a sprinter. Uh, okay. I, I ran the hundred and the two hundred, so the complete polar opposite of ultra running. Um, and I was uh, fortunate enough to go to the uh, TU and ran track there all all through college uh, collegiately. Okay, so you were you were I mean you weren't I was a on runner. Team. You were you were a runner. You were legit. You were doing you, Just, you did I well. I did the hundred and two hundred. Well all right. It was tw- ten and twenty seconds. Now, you know that was that was about it. And I frequently mocked you know the. Uh, uh, the distance runners and the cross country guys, because you know all I had to do was run a, a curve and a straight, and that was about it. Um, and so I, I enjoyed running, um, and had the opportunity to go to med school. Okay. And you know, here it was. I was a few years into med school, um, and it was 2001, and it was the Oklahoma City Memorial Marathon. It was their inaugural marathon, and uh, someone just kind of like gave me a little, hey, you know, we should do this. You're in your fourth year of med school. You're never going to get this opportunity to to run like a marathon again because you're going to be busy in your medical training. Um, and residency and so forth and uh, so you should run the marathon it was actually pretty cool because it went by my house twice and I was like it's you know it's it was a grassroots run I think that first year there was maybe a thousand people or something or other yeah and um also being from Oklahoma I was always like really moved by yeah the the memorial and so that was my first marathon uh which was a big shift for me from from sprinting days so fourth year med, okay so were you while you were in college and uh, or you were running in college but in med school did you keep in shape were you still running somewhat or stress relief? well that was part of the night is for the marathon is because through studying yeah. through labor you know laborous uh, uh, late nights and yeah. and uh, being on the wards you really couldn't uh stay in good shape yeah and but fourth year med school is pretty cake you know okay. all okay. things are considered your, your tickets punched you know where you're going you're going to residency yeah. all the hard work's in and so it's like this nice little lull and i had gotten out of shape and put on some weight and i was just like oh you know how am i going to how am i going to exercise in a way i can't go run 100 meter repeats like yeah, i did yeah, in yeah. college yeah. um you know how am i going to get in shape and how am i uh uh, going to pull some weight and it just seemed like really no brainer to kind of use a marathon as an opportunity to kind of train and, and it was real easy you know I tell everybody you know you just you run more miles this week than you did last you know and you kind of yeah. build up and then you you taper and then you got on on the marathon it was like a neat accomplishment um, you know at the time because it really wasn't 20 years ago it wasn't as such a boom yeah. you know as what it is today as far as running was concerned yeah so so this was um had you done any other distances since no. so you so you went from doing sprinting to like the marathon yeah okay i love that because my first race <laughs> was a marathon my uh-huh. first race ever it was a mar- i just decided i'm you know i was rehabbing a, a torn acl and uh the surgery and so i was like i'm gonna run a marathon so i love that i love that so you just say yeah i'll do that yeah um so you said you said easy but i mean these are some long training runs this is uh this is oklahoma it gets a little warm i mean so you, i mean you you put in some work i put in some work but it was really it was nice for me because i could you know write out what i was supposed to do yeah. it was easy to kind of do a, a hal higdon 
you know, uh, training plan. Yeah. There, there were books, and, yeah. and it was just kind of pretty easy. Uh, and I just kind of stuck with it, and I had the race date, and I knew what I needed to do. And, yeah. and as I ran, I lost weight, and I felt good and felt accomplished, and it was like a really cool— Kind of kept feeding itself. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's one of the things I love about running is, okay, I have, I have this race, I have this time— here's what I need to do, you know? And if you don't know what to do, you can get on the internet, you can find out what to do. Right. You, know, you get a coach or get somebody, you know, get somebody to help you with it or whatever. Um, so you you ran that far for the first time. All right, it's pavement, it's not track. Right. Uh, how'd your body respond to the actual marathon? Ah, uh, it was a while ago. Yeah. Uh, it, it was hard. I remember, you know, hitting that 20 mile marker and just like, you know, it, it was uncharted territory. You know, my training runs had never gone that far. So you, you your, your brain limits what you're capable of doing. Yeah. And I remember just, you know, it, it just being really overwhelming. Yeah. Um, but it was still really cool to finish, you know, and my dad did it with me too. Oh, that's cool. Who ironically is like my age, or I'm his age now when he ran that race. Oh, that's cool. Then. That's awesome. Because <laughs> this was 20 years ago. Yeah. How, how old are you, man? Uh, 46. Okay, we're the same age. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Awesome. All right. Um, yeah, so that's, did you, did you see, I ran the whole thing together? No, I can't remember. We we ultimately ran another one where we stayed each other for the first half. I think okay. we kind of stuck together and then kind of parted ways partway through. So, okay, did, did he beat you? No. Okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> just, just have to, have to ask. You know, <laughs> you know, you gotta have that little that little healthy competition. Exactly. Well, were you pleased uh, with your result? I mean, did you? Did you? I was going in for a finish. You yeah. know, there okay. wasn't an. I wasn't Boston Qual. I, I didn't care about breaking some barrier. It was just more of a matter of, of, of doing it. Okay. So, so you did that fourth year, uh, fourth year med school, you're going into residency, mm-hmm. residency from what I hear. Tell, tell me a little bit about what that entails and, and, and how it, does it suck your life? <laughs> it does. Yeah. So <laughs> I did, uh, I'm an orthopedic surgeon. And so I had the opportunity to go to Duke university for my residency training. Okay. And so here we're, you know, moved all across the country to, uh, um, Durham, North Carolina, and we got crushed. This is a, an era where there were work hour restrictions, and okay. you know we were, were working ninety to one hundred and ten hours a week, wow. and so it was pretty brutal. Nowadays, they limit it to like eighty hours a week, but um, you know that that was a lot of work for a lot of years and a lot of sleep deprivation and just a lot of time. And it was an institution that was pretty militant. You know, you prided yourself on how hard you worked. Yeah. And, um, and and so there I am working really hard all through residency, and here I find myself four years later back out of shape. Yeah. Um, and so that's where I was like, man, you know, last time I felt this way, I ran a marathon. And so, uh, now as I elevated through residency, the hours became a little bit more lax and I had the opportunity to kind of go, Hey, I should run a marathon again. (laughs) This would be a great way to get in shape. And so, uh, I picked one that was halfway between Durham and Oklahoma and my dad and brother-in-law, and we both met in Nashville and did the country music marathon. Nice. And again, it was really simplistic. You had a, a plan and you just kind of stuck with it and you ascended the miles and you tapered and you showed up to the race. 
Nice. nice. So I felt good. Yeah. And uh, and it was kind of from there where I was like, you know, I shouldn't take another four year hiatus. You know, <laughs> yeah. I think it would probably be wise to have like a marathon in the spring, one in the fall, you know, and kind of keep this kind of cyclic. I don't even know what periodization was at the time, but I just by happenstance you know, serendipitously stumbled on periodization because I would train for one and then I would take some time off and, and then I would ramp my miles back up and then I would peak and then taper and then run a race. And I would go to Chicago and New York and San Diego and every spring or fall, I would kind of pick one and I wound up doing, I don't know, 20 some odd over the next, you know, however many years. Nice. So, um, yeah, so you, you got on kind of like a, a lot of us got on the, the marathon bandwagon and just started, started, you know, pounding those out and, and uh, getting enjoying it, I guess. Yeah. You know, it gave me something to like work for and it was neat to have one already in the books before you finish that one. Yeah. So you you were committed to doing it. And it was it was just a nice way for me to like you know, stay in shape and have something on my calendar that I was like striving towards. And I think it was kind of through various tendinoses. I remember I had IT band syndrome so bad one time that I, I injected it myself like <laughs> five weekends in a row just to do my long run and at the race. Um, and the only thing I could do was inject my knee to run and I had to swim and bike during the week to maintain fitness. And so once I got through that marathon, I started doing triathlons. Okay. And so I became a bit of a tri, uh, I, was, I was gonna use a derogatory tri term, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I became, uh, you know, a little bit more of a triathlete. And then I kinda, you know, started with sprints and intermediates and halves and um, enjoyed the triathlon world for a while until I stumbled across like Xterra and off-road. And then I became a mountain biker. Nice. And then I kind of fell into the cycling world and did that for a number of years and did all kinds of endurance cycling events. Um, uh, even going as far as like doing a 24 hour mountain bike race out in Arizona. And then I think it was really with the pandemic where all the events and everything kind of you know uh ended that we were kind of stuck doing ultras and yeah. so I, I me and a buddy started doing you know like uh 50ks and and 100ks and and just kind of started just running because there was no there were no races there weren't any marathons to do so yeah. really the only other challenge was to up the distance and see how far you could go. Yeah. And so we kind of turned into ultra running guys <laughs> by happenstance of the, of the pandemic. Um, and, and I think there were, there are two different types of people through the pandemic, those that use as an opportunity to grow yeah. and those that use it as an opportunity to flail. And mm -hmm. we've, you know, tried to take it as an opportunity to kind of try new things, yeah. you know, uh, expend yourself, set still goals, you know, that you can attain. And, um, uh, so that kind of brings me to now where, uh, you know, I got the hundred miler. Uh, yeah. coming up i saw that mm -hmm. <laughs> so i saw that uh pumpkin holler pumpkin holler so yeah, man. i i got a uh a, uh I, I got some 
across the bear because I like you with the Moab, you know, you're yeah, going yeah. back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. It'll be the third one of the Triple Crown this year. So I, it'll be like big time. I've got to get this done. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Well, that was the, that's the pumpkin hauler for me because I went last year. OK. With the intention of doing the 100 miles and got to like 100K and was just like. <laughs> No. <laughs> so yeah, I, yeah. I pulled the plug at 100K. So now I got to go back okay. and, and do the 100 miles. So All right. So, okay. So we're going to go back and, and fill in some gaps. But I want to talk about this because one of the things I, I do, I, you know, I like to be real on the podcast. Like, that's why I did a whole podcast episode on my crash and burn at Moab. Mm-hmm. You know, just, hey, this is what happened to me. This is, you know, and because and, and you got you, you got a choice to make, you know. So first of all, what what happened? I mean, the plan was a hundred miles, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, so like, what do you, what do you looking back? What do you think happened during that? And then, uh, Oh yeah. What'd you learn? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think, you know, I, I had easily done, you know, 50 K's and, um, felt really good as far as my base level fitness as I could bike all day, I could yeah. run all day. And I, and I think I naively thought, Oh, well, shoot. You know, I could run 10 minute miles, walk 20 minute miles, you know, they're going to average 15. I could do this thing in under 24, like no problem, you know, and uh, I just didn't really appreciate the gravity of it and went into it. And so here we're, I'm at like 50 miles and I'm on a 20 hour pace or something ridiculous and uh, it got dark. And I was alone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And yeah. that voice inside your head starts talking to you. Yeah. And you sitting there going like, uh, it's whatever time. All you see are these green bugs out there, the, you know, the things you hear, you know, and it's you, you're at mile 60, whatever. And you go, how can I do like another 40 miles? And and you hurt and you're physiologically just toast. Yeah. And I, so I think I, I went out really, really hard beyond my capability. And I should have yeah. walked into it either a hey, let's do 100K and do 100 miles next year. Yeah. Or I should have walked into it going, hey, let's do 100 miles and let's just finish and let's just finish. Just go out and have, just get it done. Just get it done. And I set some goal of trying to do it in 24 hours where that was um, not a a good move to have like a pace, you know, um, to finish in time, having never done anything like that. So. Yeah, it's one of those where, um, like, you like, oh, you know, pain, but then it's like, oh, this is this is a new pain. This is, you know, new physical and 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 mental. You know, um, the things you have to deal with at at, at night, the lows, the lows, mm-hmm. are, the lows are low for hundred miles, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's uh, so. I think I'll I'll coordinate a little better, hydrate. I'll, I'll use the. Um, the aid station's a little wiser. I think I'll carry more stuff yeah. uh, with me between the two. Um, I'm going to coordinate more pacers to kind of meet me for that dark yeah. moment, you know, on that on that last lap going back around. Um, so I'm, I've been trying, but this heat, yeah. I mean, it's been really, really hard to put in like mega miles, but I've been trying to put in more miles. Uh, one thing I'm doing 
this uh, coming up is I'm going to start and doing a lot more night runs. And yeah. so uh, I'm going to get a 50 miler in, but I'm going to start like at dark nice. and then run yeah. all night long because I need to do that dark night fatigue. Uh, Looking at just where your, your light. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because that, that, that tunnel vision, man, that's that's weird. And I, ha- I hadn't worn a headlight before, <laughs> yeah. you know, and uh, it was just that was on my head. And <laughs> when it eats in your head after a while. Right. <laughs> And it just, and I can do pain. Yeah. But it it was like, I can't go forward, you know, and, and, and that voice in your head says, 100K is cool. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, you're like, ah, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, this is I can still. can stop now and the pain goes away. Right. And that's the, good. It's still far. I this mean, is still an accomplishment. Yeah. And, and I 100%. didn't know what another 40 miles honestly just seemed unfathomable to me at the time at the pace that I was going so I'm looking forward to going back um, with that under my uh, that knowledge under my belt where I can kind of go into it and I'm looking forward to that time and getting past that um, uncharted territory and be like okay we can do this yeah no that's good man and that's I like the attitude because there's some people that wouldn't didn't get to 100 and just be like well and and give up but like you're going back to the same place I'm gonna get this done yeah yeah, you know just I learned some things now I'm gonna I'm gonna gonna go do it you know Mm -hmm. Um, here's a little hint that you might like I love I have a waste lamp and people that listen to the podcast Mm -hmm. probably heard me talk about it but you know it 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 works great, man, and doesn't eat into your head or anything. So, um, yeah, you might want to check that out. <laughs> Definitely. Or have both, you know, like yeah. do one lap with it or one lap down or something rather. So, yeah, yeah I'm definitely going to look into the lap belt. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, okay, so let's 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 rewind now. Let's, okay. Let's go back a little bit. So, I tried to look because I don't – I told you I'm, I'm ignorant with Ironman and tries and stuff like that. Um, people always ask me. They, they think it's like a um, – you know, oh, you, when are you going to do an Ironman? You do all these ultras. like, no, I'm not doing an Ironman. I, I don't want to – spend five thousand dollars on a cheap bike you know it's like right. you know it's to, i just and then and then the the to add all the disciplines um so i you know that world i we have a lot of friends that do it and a lot of friends that that do a lot of bike things so um you said you were you were doing the swimming and the biking anyway so that's a natural progression it was, well that was a while ago was, okay, i, I okay. hadn't done uh any multi-sport for like 10 years okay all right so you, you okay so i and because i'm a horrible swimmer okay and and i would show up the triathlons and i would be the last one out of the pool <laughs> i would do really really well i mean in my perspective well on the bike yeah and then I would do hold my own on the run, and after a while, I was like, I should just bike. Yeah. yeah. So I, that's where I kind of like really became more of a cyclist and really gravitated away from the uh, multi-sport or the yeah. triathlon because I was just so I'm just a horrible swimmer. Yeah. And I would still have some run things on my calendar. I would still run a marathon. I would do Tulsa run. I would to keep running because it's so easy to put my shoes on and go out the door on Monday morning as opposed to some bike rides. So I kept my running fitness going easily. I became uh, an avid cyclist, but my swimming, I just, I didn't swim at all. Yeah. 
Yeah, and that, well, that's the kind of the kind of thing with the, the swimming people. You know, that's the other thing. Like, I can swim, but I can't swim. Swim. You know, like, you know, I can, I can, I can, I can, I can swim, but not like the oh, good swim. I can't swim. <laughs> so you like doggy paddling this thing or what? Pretty much. <laughs> well, you getting it done. <laughs> Pretty much. Pretty much. Uh, so yeah, when they announced that the Iron Man was here, I guess it was going on like two years ago. Yeah. It was a bucket list thing for me and my training. Uh, buddy um, my brother Jason you know uh, it, it was something we always talked about so we raced out and signed up for it and we're like super stoked of yeah. course it gets canceled yeah so then it gets postponed so we basically trained for like two years you know for this Ironman other than, so I ran and bike but I did not swim okay I literally got uh, I literally swam, what, two weeks beforehand? Are you serious? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you kind of, but you, I guess maybe you had the knowledge that you figured you could get through it, or you just kind of were just like, yeah. I just don't want to think about it. I'm not going to deal with it. I'm not going to deal with it. <laughs> if so, I don't try it, it's, it's not there. So <laughs> I pulled out a wetsuit I had from 10 years ago. <laughs> I put it on. I jumped in the lake. Uh, to make sure that I guess that it still worked or something rather. <laughs> make sure it went dry rot or something. Yeah. Like, yeah. And get out, it, it get was, the water your butt's hanging out. <laughs> it, was, it was total disaster. It was like 60 degrees. It was awful. And I'm like, oh my God, this is, I should have been swimming. So I went and bought, a, uh, had shipped a whole bunch of other wetsuits so I could demo them. I demoed them the week before. <laughs> And the Ironman race morning was the third time I swam. Wow. In like 10 years. Wow. And I had done a half Ironman before, okay. but I'd never done a full. So I'd never swam like 2.4 miles. And so I just kind of like just kept plugging away and just went from one buoy to the next and one buoy to the next and yeah. just kept plugging away. Wow. I, I don't know whether that's like like brave or like <laughs> stupid or no, I just it's it's, it's kind of awesome like you, like I think it's awesome that you just went out there and like you did it though. That's 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 awesome. I just I uh, just went out there and did yeah. it. So, so how how did you do? I mean, I, I finished. You finished. You got you got it you got okay, you got it done. You got that. So I'm guessing your your swimming part was probably the It was the, pretty poor. Well, we 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 you weren't last, right? No. Okay. There, you, there, there were some people that that got pulled out of the water, you okay. know. And uh, I just want I think they had a two hour and 20 minute cutoff. Okay. So I figured I could do it in two hours and 20 minutes. That was, So my goal was not to drown. And then my goal was to finish in two hours and 20 minutes. And anything beyond that was like a victory. Yeah. So when I swam and got out of the water, I think it was like an hour and 40 minutes or something, yeah. which is a really slow swim time. But I, I was done. I yeah, was like, yeah. like, my day was like. Have you been back in the water since? Nope. No, he's <laughs> That's great. That's awesome. Um, so once I got out of the water, all, all I had to do was bike 112 and run a marathon. That was yeah. That's that was I, I, that's my wheelhouse. Yeah. I, I can do that all day long. Uh, and then it was really fun to like do it on a course that I know really really well. And it was fun to run a marathon up and down Riverside with family and friends like lined the streets. It was like a really cool experience. So um, I'm glad that I did it. I'm glad that I finished. Yeah. I, I went in. I, I learned from that 100 mile yeah. um, that I shouldn't have some pace. And so I did not look at my clock. I didn't care. Yeah. And my whole goal was to finish in 17 hours, which is the cutoff by midnight. 
and I finished in 14 or something or rather. And I, I I don't, I didn't really care what the time was. I just wanted to finish and have fun doing it and, and check the box, um, and have that accomplishment done. Yeah. You, Ironman done, Ironman there. done, yeah. done in Tulsa, you exactly. know, where, where you practice, where you live, man, yeah. where you're from. That's so cool. I signed up next year. Okay. Now, now the real question is, <laughs> okay, I love it. Do I swim <laughs> or do I just show up race day? That's a good question. Again, like I did. Well, you know, the wetsuit fits, you know, it's only going to be a year old, not 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know, man. I don't know. It worked last year. So. Well, you can see, you know, I don't know. You can see if you try to improve your time or you can just, just get her done. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I, just don't, like <laughs> I just don't like swimming, man. I just don't. Yeah. I think I might, you know, once I get this... 100 mile are done. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, you know, I think there'll be some time off. It'll be November, December. I think I'll use some of that winter time to recover from the 100 and maybe yeah. swim a little bit. But I said that last year and didn't do it. So, yeah. I don't know. I'll shoot you a message. Hey, man, you swimming? <laughs> <laughs> nope. Nope. <laughs> I, I love running. I love biking. I'm not a swimmer. You don't seem, you don't seem to be the kind of guy that would, that, that if I messaged you, you would feel any pressure. You'd be like, no, I'm good. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Yeah, no accountability. Whatever, I'm good. <laughs> I'll get it done. No, that's that's awesome. So let's go back to your your biking and stuff because that's like I said, I don't have a. Um, well, I actually do have a bike now, but it's a cheap bike. But but I would. I, I've been thinking about cross training, and my wife she doesn't listen to the podcast, so anyway, she don't she won't care. But I've been thinking about getting a bike for for cross training. Um, I think it would be um, I think it would be fun to, to do mountain bike stuff out at Turkey Mountain yeah. or, or just gravel grinders and stuff like that. So tell me about what kind of events you did. Was it you said mountain bike riding? Did you do road events too? I stuff? did. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I did. Um, I went to Leadville, did the level okay. one hundred mountain bike race. Like I told you about the race in yeah. Arizona, but I, I raced local. I did crits. I would do you Cry Baby Hill. Yeah. You know, I would race those. I would race all the endurance races is all in Arkansas and I would um and any I, I had a couple things on my calendar and yeah. I had a b and c races yeah. and there was some fun cyclocross races that I do here in town that I just kind of show up race day and I didn't really you know kind of prepare for and there were things on my calendar that were you know epic yeah and yeah. that I did and and I think for me having that um all those disciplines in, in cycling between mountain and road and cross and running yeah. and keeping my feet into both worlds is, is honestly kept it really fun. Yeah. Um, I mean, I told you about the tendonitis, the IT band. Uh, that was in that Nashville um, marathon, that second marathon I did back in 2000. I want to say it was 2005. I have not been injured since wow that's awesome no overuse no no tendonitis no no nothing yeah and i think it's just that you know i basically also do it four days a week okay maybe a fifth day so i bike two or three days and i run two or three days and yeah and i think that mixing it up uh allows me to 
and I'm never going to excel, you know, and, and be on the podium, you know, at maybe one of these races, but that's not what I'm in it for. I'm yeah. kind of in it for the long haul. Yeah. I'm sitting here thinking, what am I going to do when I'm 50, 60, 80 years old? Am I yeah. still going to be on a bike and still running? And how am I going to do that both physically and both mentally? Yeah. Um, and I think it's about pacing yourself and having these things on your calendar and being like, hey, and you know, I heard, listened to the podcast about the FKTs, you know, and I was like, yeah. oh, <laughs> maybe I should do that. You know, that'd be kind of cool. Like I yeah. I was thinking about mountain biking the whole um, Watchtaw Trail. Dude, that would be tough. That's a that's a technical trail. I know, right? Yeah, it'd be fun though. I, I know. know. I wonder. I wonder what the FKT is on that. I don't know. All right. But you know, I I like having that <laughs> no. stuff out yeah. there. You know. Yeah. yeah. And I like that I could go run and I could bike and I can mountain bike with these people. I could do that. So I like having a whole bunch of different skill sets and yeah bikes and it just kind of keeps it fun and fresh and different and yeah. And I have seasons where I bike more and some where I run more and yeah. And it just works its way out. That's cool. So having been, uh, I did the the fifty mile at Leadville uh, a couple weeks ago and um as as training and so um having done that and the next day we uh we went hike up uh hope pass Mm -hmm. and then the day after that we went tag some 14ers it was a kind of a training camp weekend um so that high elevation and you doing the leadville 100 mountain bike Mm -hmm. how, how did you handle that uh, did you? I mean, did you have trouble with? It? Did you feel it? Well, the yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 You're just like, I'm, you get above a tree line and you're just bent over your handlebars, like <laughs> just trying to like put one foot in front of the other. Yeah, it was. It was also another uh, failure triumph. I went and did it one year. And due to bike mechanical issues, couldn't finish. And I missed like the nine hour cutoff on the way back. And so it was one of these things where I'm like, I'm going back. And so I went back the next year with the the goal to finish, you know, in the 12 hours, not to like break any records or or do anything. And so it was a redemption race where I went back and and the next year it went flawless and I had a really good time. Um, But yeah, you're you're a fish out of water when you're up there. Yeah. Uh, It's a whole different world. It's a whole different level of um, fitness that you need to do. And I just had to keep uh, my heart rate and, you know, and pace at a level that I could maintain. Yeah. And then I also learned you just get up there and race. Yeah. Uh, like I think the first year I got up there thinking I could acclimate, you know, in a few days, but yeah. really by day three, you're actually at your low. Yeah. And so th- it's like, like the worst thing to do is to go up there four, three or four days ahead of time. Cause yeah. physiologically your body is like, yeah. we're not yeah. doing that. Just show up the day before is a bit, unless you can spend 10 days out there. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I, the next year I just literally showed up, you know, night before race cause your body doesn't have to go through that yeah that, um that overhaul man uh yeah because i mean it was 50 mile and then the heat hits differently out there because you're you know you're exposed and um some years it's warmer than others and so just i know just running the the 50 mile we you know we were hitting when we peaked out 
and we had two big peaks and I was like, man, this, this, is, this is tough. And for being flatlanders, you just have to be as fit as you can be mm-hmm. or, I don't know, sleep in, in, a, <laughs> in an altitude tent, which uh, um, I'm sure your wife would love. <laughs> sleep, sleep she's sitting right here. So she's, right. She's, she's being very quiet. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, I mean, so I don't know. I, I'm, I'm like you. I just kind of get there and... Yeah, I, I didn't have that opportunity, so I just, I, I, if there was wind, I rode into it. If there was a hill around here, I rode up it, and, yeah, yeah. and I went long, yeah. and I went everywhere, you know, and I just put in the miles so you could get there and, and just trudge through it. So have you ever thought about doing, um, she might get mad, but uh, there's there's the lead man out there. I know. And, and, and so, <laughs> you know who Dave Mackey is? Uh, I heard the name. Okay, so he he's a, he's an elite ultra runner who lost his leg, mm-hmm. and so when I was out there doing the fifty, he did the fifty, and then the next day, because you can choose either one of them for that, but some of them they they run, you know, and with one leg he ran the fifty. I think he beat me, and then the next day, he uh, he did the bike, the fifty mile on the bike. That that's. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, but but the Lead Man series, man. I know. Because you, you run and you do the bike, mm-hmm. man. So get, yeah, you get the, you know, get get the Pumpkin Holler 100, get that out the way, and I don't know. That'd be awesome. Uh, yeah. <laughs> do all of them. Well, one of my, uh, I, I, they haven't had it, but they did the back 40 and 40. And so I, it, you ran the back 40, and then the next day was the mountain bike race, the back 40. Okay. And I really love, I mean, there's not many races that, like, bring together uh you know ultra trail running yeah. and marathon mountain biking yeah. all at the same venue and then your time's accumulated for an overall winner That's, and yeah so that was my jam if i could find more races like that which kind of the leadville yeah with those six i think it's six races have you d- part of series right i think so i think so have, have you done um uh any gravel grinders the, the land run that's mid-south i have because that one also you can do they, they changed it. I ran the 50K one time, but then they moved it to Friday, and I work work. I was going to. Yeah. We, I, they, uh, I was signed up for the 50, was it a 50-miler? And then the, I was going to do the 100-mile gravel race okay. the next day, yeah. and they canceled it. Okay, uh, yeah. the, the Like, right cool before the event. And they said, oh, you go do it virtually. And I was like, eh, I'm not, <laughs> not going to go put that amount of effort in virtually, but... Um, I was, I was going to. I was registered, yeah. but... Um, oh, that'd be right up your alley, man. I, I do have a gravel bike, so... Okay, all right. The fun Well, yeah, so the, there's that one, and then uh, at... Now, I don't think they have a combined thing, but at uh, Pumpkin Holler, they have the gravel grinder on the Sunday, mm-hmm. but a lot of people are still finishing up. You know, if you do the 100, you have to do, like, the, I don't know, 50K the day before and then do that. And, mm-hmm. uh, so that's that's pretty cool that they added that uh, last couple years. Yeah. So it's pretty we cool. saw a bunch of cyclists out there that next morning. Yeah, fun watching them do that. Um, so I have questions about, uh, you're an orthopedic surgeon. Yes. And uh, t- I already know this, but tell us tell, for our listeners, where do you, what do you specialize in what do you do okay so um i i an orthopedic surgeon but i am a spine surgeon so after duke residency i went down to dallas for a year and did a fellowship in spine okay and then since i've been back here in practice uh going on about 15 years i've created a, a niche uh, where I just do pediatric and adult spine deformity and scoliosis surgery. 
All right. So what? So mainly scoliosis. What? What are their kind of deformities? Uh, like people with kyphosis, like where they're hunched over, or okay. kids where their spine is like an S, like scoliosis. Um, and I do adults. Uh, both with primary deformities, but also I do a lot of failed spine surgery that has deformity from multiple, multiple failed previous spine surgeries. Okay. So that's probably like half of what I do is adult spine surgery failures. Like, yeah, correcting or just something didn't take or something that could have been done better or... Yeah, they just, uh, as a result of multiple fusions, they get... uh, they get all deformed, yeah. and then you have to go revise them to get them standing upright. Oh wow! Does is that it? Uh does does it take multiple surgeries to do stuff like that? Some. Okay. Some of them are staged. Um, some of them I do on Tuesday, Thursday. Some of them I do six weeks apart. I try to get them all done all at one time. Sometimes the one day, like the eight or ten hours, might be a front, side, and a back. We've had to do back, side, front, and then back to the back, you know, on some of these people to reconstruct their spines that way. Okay, that blows my mind. So, okay, so my, my wife had to have neck surgery, and, and 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 I knew this, I heard of this before, but, you know, they go in through the front, and mm-hmm. I'm just like, like, what? You know, you know, and, of course, uh, she was worried about her singing voice, <laughs> and it, it, she lost her singing voice for a little while from, the, from that, but... You know, and I saw some of the pictures on your social media, so people can check that out, and we'll, we'll share that in a little bit. But you know, I saw that some some people you just go down down the middle of the spine, cut the back, and so I didn't realize that you were having to, that you have to go in on the sides and yeah, they're all a little bit different. You know, I tell everybody that um, I really haven't done the same surgery twice. Hmm. Now it might look like the same before and after. But getting there's a way different process. And so that's what I enjoy about it. If we could make the analogy to mountain biking, road biking, and trail running, you know, yeah. I like to change it all up. I like that all of these surgeries are very different. They're very individualistic people with very specific problems. And I like tackling them all in a different manner. And I just don't do the same thing to the same way to the different person. I really think and systematically go try to figure out how's the best way to reconstruct this really complicated spine surgery. Wow. So, man, yeah. So somebody comes in and their their spine's deformed and and you've got... I, you know, just just from a layperson, you know, I'm an IT guy. I, I think of IT stuff, but you know, looking at it logically, you got to think, okay, I need the spine to do this. You know, you know what you need it to do, but you've got factors on 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 age, our previous surgeries, health. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm thinking of the, these. This is not little surgery. You know, mm-hmm. you got you got to deal with people's health and how much how much they can be under and and routes and and i've seen the hardware in in in, in types of hardware i mean you put different things all in. various different types of cages and with different shapes to accomplish different things from different vendors with different outcomes and yeah the the preoperative like in the adult revision world the preoperative process is super lengthy like yeah. evaluating them from top down from their mental health to their bone health to their cardiovascular health um, to um, the 
the, the social situations and we, we really systematically evaluate them all and vet them as candidates all the while we're getting x-rays and CTs and MRIs trying to think through what, what do we need to accomplish what's the risk what's the benefit what are we going to obtain is it worth it is it a cap you know or, or is it capable of doing what's their expectations will they be met yeah. you know and so it's it's a constant uh, evolutionary process navigating these uh, really difficult cases. Wow, and, and I mean, you and you want. I mean, it's got to be, it's got to be tough because you. I mean, you want to be successful. You want people to, to be healed or whatever. You know, you, and and man, I I don't know. It's, it's a lot of it's weight, man. That's a lot of weight. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I, I I think. Um, how many surgeries have you? I think I saw a number somewhere on your social media. How many have you performed so far? I don't know because I I do do relatively small surgeries too. Like yeah. I do go through the front. Like yeah. you're, but I don't I don't tout that I do them. <laughs> like like yeah. discectomies and one level fusions and yeah. And my, and my, my wife was like, "Ask him about my neck." I'm like, "I ain't doing that." <laughs> anyway, no. So I, I do those, but they're not. Um, my real passion is these big yeah. deformities. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I do about 50 weeks a year to a week. I'm okay. doing about a hundred, uh, a year and yeah. that's kind of how I kind of average them. So yeah. I, I really vest a ton of time and effort into, uh, into doing these really complex cases. And that's really what I really enjoy doing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and when you. I, I would imagine you have people, especially people, uh, adult people that come in that feel like kind of at the end of their rope, hopeless and in pain and, and need like, can you help me, you know? And, and uh, man, how fulfilling it is. And I know, you know, not every surgery is perfect and you can't get 100% what you want on, at every one, but it's got to be pretty fulfilling when you can help somebody to, I don't know, stand up straight or eliminate some pain, mm-hmm. help somebody have a quality of life, man. Yeah, it's really rewarding. Um, and then the, the not only is it rewarding the, the patient outcomes, but it's also really rewarding all the people that, that I work with and have the opportunity to spend time with them. And there's so many people that are in contact and, and help me. Uh, accomplish these and without one of those little cogs in the wheel like the whole thing just doesn't work uh and so um i'm really just uh uh, very fortunate yeah so tell me your 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 practice you've got you 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 guys have a team uh like i mean because i you bounce things off of other, you know, <laughs> other guys and, you know, other other doctors and, and just kind of figure things. Yeah, so I'm at are. Tulsa Bone and Joint okay. and there's several spine surgeons there. But within my little microcosm, mm-hmm. um, I have a PA. Uh, his name is Jason. And then uh, uh, several uh, Angie and Stephanie both work in the office with me. But on the hospital side. Um, we have a multidisciplinary meeting uh, like once a month where we all convene, all get together and plan and orchestrate all these surgeries. Wow. And it's everybody who touches the patient from the door to door uh, is involved in the planning and orchestrating of the surgery from 
the hospitalist who's Colin Wetz, who also is an Ironman, uh, to our anesthesia providers that are part of a complex spine team, and the nurses, and the x-ray techs, and the physical therapists, and the pharmacists, and the nurses, and everybody that plays a role in allowing me to do these things and and do them successfully. So it's, it's really neat to be part of this collaborative group wow yeah because every every everybody plays a part you know and uh people listening would be like yeah and everybody sends a bill but you know <laughs> 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 no but um um wow that's 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 pretty awesome so you um um do you, are you I mean you just plan on continuing to do this until do this and run and until yeah, yeah, I think the way that, uh, my pace that I'm at is like totally sustainable, yeah. you know, yeah. as far as like the the amount of work I do and the time that I spend doing it, plus the time that I spend outside of work and family, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, I'm, I'm trying to work and make sure that I have a healthy balance between myself and work and home and kids and yeah. um how many kids you have? I have four and okay. one on the way. Okay. So I have four kids that are 20, 18, 16, <laughs> and 14. Wow. And then a one uh, due in two weeks. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Congratulations. Oh, well, thank you. Or Mike, no, congratulations. No, that's, that's awesome. That's yeah. the, um, there's a there's a story with anyway yeah I I have um I have three grown kids and then I have a younger yeah group so yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah lots of but yeah uh, you know but it can be you know you can navigate uh, running or biking or, yeah. or ultra running with a, a professional career mm-hmm. and simultaneously still be at home. Um, what, what kind of things do you do? Because because this is something that's pretty common. You know, I mean, I, I'm, you know, I work full time and I do, do a podcast. I, I coach runners and then I train. And so I have a lot of things and, you know, I fight for balance. You know, I, you have to make it and in, be intentional. So what kind of and a lot of people deal with that. You know, they're trying to train for a hundred mile race and you've got to put the time in. You've got to you if you want to race. But then you've got, you know, kids, you've got work, you've got family. So what kind of what, what kind of things do you do to help you maintain that balance and keep it? Mm. You put up any barriers or it's just kind of, you just kind of do it. I think it's, I've been doing it for so long, yeah. you know, as far as, I mean, like, you know, 20 years ago was my first marathon, you yeah. know, and that, and like having that carving that time out for myself. Um, and then, you know, I kind of lost it with med school and residency because I couldn't dictate my, my schedule that much. And then in my, now that I've been out in practice, I've gotten to a point where I've created a system where it it doesn't require me to work 80 hours a week and I can work super efficiently um, with the right people around me that I desperately, that I really appreciate that allow me to um, have the time to carve out for running and sometimes it's just like I don't want to get up and run (laughs) you know but it's it's on my calendar and it's what I'm doing today yeah and I think it comes down to just an identity you know if you identify as an ultra runner you're gonna wake up and you're gonna go do long runs and if it's what you eat sleep and breathe and it's how you it's who you surround yourself with um 
you're going to be it. And so yeah. I identify as a spine deformity surgeon and I identify as a father of four and three quarters, you know? <laughs> um, and I identify as uh, an ultra athlete, yeah. you know, maybe that is instead of an ultra runner, but an ultra athlete, or, or I don't even know if that, I don't even know if I consider myself an athlete, but you know, I like going out there yeah. and just challenging myself mm -hmm. and keeping, um, keeping myself going yeah. and, and always having like another thing that I'm striving for because you never really get there. Yeah. Yeah, I, I relate to that 100% because I, 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 I need something to to work, to work toward, you know, mm -hmm. I, I like having a race on the calendar. And when I, is it kind of like the same way, like when I, when I sign up for a race, when I get an ultra sign up and sign up, I'm not only, I'm not, not only committing to that race, I'm committing to the process to get yeah. there. And that's that's part of it that's part of it and, and, and it's it and it becomes your ever being it becomes the way you sleep and the way you eat and the way you function the way you carry yourself and everything is that because yeah. it's your identity yeah and if you can uh if you can maintain that then it, it makes it real easy to make the decision to wake up early to go on a long run because that's who you are yeah and and so that so that kind of answers a little bit. You probably do what I do a lot. Of, just get up early and do the runs early because um, in the afternoons it it's hard. <laughs> I mean, I do some in the afternoons, but it's hard. Uh, you got kids and wife, and you know you have things, and so just just get up really really early sometimes and get it yeah. done. I kind of joke. Remember that old joke about a seafood diet? You know, like oh, if I see food, I eat it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So like my training schedules, it's like a seafood. Like if I have time, I go ride. If I have time, I go run. Yeah. If if it's 8 p.m., I'll get it done. If it yeah. means I got to wake up early to do it, if I get done in the OR early, I take that time to yeah. go uh, and. And I think that's how my periodization winds up working because I'll get really, really busy with work. And then, you know, I, I can't run and bike as much, but it's okay. I yeah. just, I kind of accept it. And yeah. it's just my opportunity to kind of focus on other things. And then sometimes, you know, OR gets lull and, and uh, I, I don't get sad about not <laughs> cranking out surgery. I go, huh, cool, we're done early. Well, I'm going to go ride. And so I, I, I run a lot when I can, and I ride a lot when I can. And if I can't, then I can't. Yeah. Nice. And if, if it works out, then so be it. And if it doesn't, uh, I'll toe the line and put my best foot forward. And see what happens. And see what happens. <laughs> Like like swimming the Ironman, like swimming the Ironman. <laughs> yeah, so I try not to put that too much pressure on yeah. myself or have. I, I I really don't do well, um, like with a coach or having something on the calendar because then if I don't do it and then I and then by Thursday it's incapable and then I'm like oh well shoot then I might as well not. Okay. So I just kind of almost wing a little bit of everything I have in my head. Yeah. Hey, it'd be nice to ha be at this distance by this week and that distance next week. And, you know, it's pouring rain and we were going to bike, but let's go on a long run instead. So I just make it work. Yeah. You kind of intuitively know what you need to get done. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and I, I'm, I'm the opposite <laughs> a little bit on that because I like I used to well now I, I have a coach and so uh, I used to like I'd have my plan laid out and just you know spreadsheet and uh, and you know I feel like if I, you know I got that done but the, it, well, 
works for one was different for another. Like Courtney DeWalter, who's one of the these elite women, beating them. She beat me at Tahoe 200. She's awesome. She um, and she um, she just kind of does that. You know, she goes out and runs, knows what she needs to do, and she does it. Okay, so speaking of, you said you, you know you talked about the joke about seafood diet. Eat. Uh, do you eat any certain way, or are you just? I'm plant based. You plant based. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. You. Um, so I, I'm. I've come from. I've done fat adapted for a while, and I came out of that after some races. And um, now I'm just more of a just try not to. Eat, I don't try not to eat processed foods. Eat he- Eat healthy, but mm-hmm. uh, I still eat meat. Um, so, do you find any um, issues or trying to get enough? How long have you been plant based? Probably like th- two and a half, three years okay. or something like okay. that. Um, you don't have any trouble, I guess, that with supplementation now, getting enough protein and, and all that? Yeah. No, I mean, I kind of got it down, you yeah. know, like what works for me. Yeah. Um, and I haven't had any issues with it. And for me, it wasn't the, oh, I want to prevent cardiovascular disease when I'm 70 and dementia and cancer. It was more in the immediacy. Like, I felt better. My times were faster. I recovered sooner. I could go crush it more. I, like, I shaved, I think it was, I shaved 25 minutes off my marathon time. Wow. From my, (laughs) and, and beat my previous... 20 year younger self. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Um, so it, it was all the immediacy of it. And then, you know, there were some other factors that kind of played into uh, that allowed it to kind of continue to snowball. And I just, I, I just feel better. So you go back to the identity thing. Yeah. You know, if you identify as plant based and you don't eat meat, and then it's really easy not to, and then you just don't, and then you just feel better, you kind of forgot. How chronically, you know, we, we become tolerant to what we did because it's what all we ever know yeah. or knew. Yeah. And then you can get your protein. I mean, if you ever watched that, you know, documentary and the guy's like, where do you think the cow got his protein? Yeah. The ox, yeah. you know, yeah. it was yeah. like he, he got it from plants, you know. Um, so it kind of makes sense. And, and being a physician and reading the literature and having friends um, that, uh, you know, that are cardiologists that are saying this is how you should be eating, you know. And so I, I extensively researched the topic yeah. and made the, the choice uh, based on the literature that's out there. And then when you live it and you feel it and you see it, it becomes really easy. Yeah. It's what, the amazing thing, thing that amazes me about um, ultra running is so uh mike mcknight i had him on he won the triple crown of 200s he's racing it again this year with me i'm gonna have to try to chase him but he um he's like he's like keto carnivore almost and so there's that and they say they get their plants from the cow from the cow eating (laughs) yeah but so you have that and then you have like um you know, all, Scott Jurek, who, who's plant-based and who, who would crush it and win Western States and all that, he's, he's got a book, Eat and Run, that's really good. Mm-hmm. I don't know if, you, if you've read it. Uh, he's got recipes in it that I've, that I've used and have been really good. But anyway, it's just across the spectrum. And you got people that just don't care what they eat, um, you know, candy, junk, whatever, and, and, and they do well. Um, so it's, it's, kind of, it's kind of a neat thing how... And, and people can go out and succeed from being coached to not being coached to eating one way to eating another. And they just go out and run their, 
run 100 miles or <laughs> whatever. Well, and that was part of the process. I just kept chipping away at different things. Yeah. And um, I haven't just sat here. I've, I've pushed that envelope and I've tried this and I tried snooping. Yeah. You know, and so I'm constantly uh, doing an inventory of what I'm currently doing and asking myself, is this working? Is this not? Should I change this? Should I modify that? Oh, let's up this, let's down that. I don't like that, you know, and switch back and go back to what was working and being able to be in tuned enough to kind of feel the difference, know the difference. And I I don't keep times or paces, you know, like, but, you know, just how I feel on a daily basis. And um, I just so happened to stumble across that. Yeah. And it's worked. Yeah. So um, and I've pushed it one way and another and changed and altered. And I'm not I tell everybody I'm vegan y, you know, uh, (laughs) you know, because I mean, I I'm not like hardcore about it. But if, if I can, then I will. So. I'm, I'm vegan-ish. Vegan-ish. I like yeah. it. <laughs> There's a lot of ish in ultra running. 50-ish miles. You know, like <laughs> 100-ish. <laughs> yeah. No, that's cool, man. Um, and and, and I, I don't know. I think I think we um, we all should be trying to be better. And that's that's one of the reasons that I do the podcast, too, is for people to hear uh, what works for other people, you know. And um, not be just satisfied with where we are and hey what can I do to tweak my life and what can I do to be a better runner husband mm-hmm. uh, person you know co-worker surgeon you know yeah. what can I do to be better and I, I think I think if we all ask that question and do it this this world will be better man <laughs> absolutely yeah so um, so you you've got a busy pretty busy life uh, yeah. I would, you know, I would, I would think. Yeah, <laughs> pretty busy. <laughs> not, yeah, pretty, pretty busy. Pretty, but, but, but you're, 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 you're doing these things. You're putting things on the calendar, and you're living life. Um, if all you did was, you know, worked and and surgery, I mean, you'd probably. Ugh. I mean, even though you find fulfillment in oh, it, I love and it. it's a challenge, but if that's all you did and you didn't have an outlet. No, yeah, <laughs> it, it wouldn't work. Yeah, and if and if all I did was train, you know, I probably yeah. wouldn't really work. And if, um, uh, yeah, so I, I I like where I'm at, and and yeah. I think because it's sustainable. Yeah, because I'm not going to burn out with medicine because I literally love it. Yeah, I mean, I That's truly good. enjoy everybody that I work with, everybody that I see in the office. You know, I I, I it's something that I, I like I love doing yeah um and and i don't want to ruin that yeah. <laughs> you know by yeah. by becoming incessant and quaking out volume and seeing as many people and doing more surgery to do what yeah to make more money to spend more money to buy more crap you know and i <laughs> yeah. i don't want that it's not worth it no yeah no i, I agree 100 percent, man I, the, I think the older i get the more i just like crave simple yeah um you know yeah uh, just how can we simplify this? That's kind of what I'm asking at like at home a lot of times. You know, like let's not buy st- let's get rid of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> we just yeah. moved. Yeah, we just, yeah. Yeah, we just oh, that, moved. That'll make we, you get rid of stuff. Yeah, we got rid of a bunch of stuff. So yeah, we're becoming very you know trying striving towards that. And I can't just do it overnight. Yeah, you know it's a process. Just like. You, you can't just go vegan overnight, you know? It was, it's an evolution, a process. And I see a lot of people that get their plant-based candle blown out because they go, I'm doing it. Yeah. And then they do it one day and then they feel like crap. Yeah. 
And they go, oh, well, I feel like crap because I did that. And I was like, dude, you just did it all. Like, it, it needs to be a process. You yeah. need to, like, slowly evolution, you know, evolutionarily kind of be striving towards it. Yeah. And, and making it work. You can't just go you know all one day you can't just go oh i want to be an ultra runner you know and run the the triple <laughs> yeah, you know the, the triple, triple. Yeah. You, you gotta start somewhere yeah. and it's okay to be doing 5ks and marathon you know yeah. or, or whatever um so yeah that, and that's why i just kind of keep trying to be a better surgeon you know and what does that take what does that look like and be a better runner yeah Nice, nice. Well, so long term, what do you think's next in in your your running and and biking? You got, I know you got. The only thing I saw in there was was the pumpkin holler. So, you, so I, I, pumpkin holler, you got that. Are there any races or are things that you that are out there that you man? I'd really like like bucket list type races. Yeah, really I, like I want to go back. I was really disappointed because I soloed that twenty uh, four hour mountain bike race. It was the twenty four hours of Old Pueblo. Okay, and it was like a really cool race, and I want to go back and do that. That's in February. Um, it's just like a cool venue. It's like the King Poobah of 24-hour races. Yeah. And going solo is just, it, it's just like a really cool event. You're like in the middle of the desert with a headlight. There's just no one around. And it's just, it's a real challenge. And that's like, I, I really like that. Um, we're doing the Ironman again. Yeah. Um, so that kind of carries me through May. I don't know. Um, I'll probably... Uh, maybe we talked about the Leadville 100 run. Yeah. yeah. We talked about the uh, Leadman. Yeah. I talked about FKT, <laughs> like some yeah. mountain bike races. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It was just kind of sky's the limit. And I have no real agenda. Who knows yeah. where we're going to be, yeah. you know, or COVID or race wise. Yeah. And, and I'm just kind of enjoying what I'm doing. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I doubt I'll get this hundred bucket list done. I'm sure I'll push it, and I'll probably venture out and do like another hundred somewhere else outside of Tahlequah. You know, one of one of the big yeah. ones, and kind of go do. Um, yeah, yeah. Just kind of see what see what see what see what piques your interest. Yeah, yeah that's nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that at all. So, um, I've been forgetting to ask this, and and I have people that are like, "Hey, you forget to ask uh, about equipment wise. Like, what do you what, what shoes are you wearing? What shoes you wear when you're running? I'm a Hoka runner. You're Hoka, okay? I mean, from like day one, uh, from when they first came out. Yeah, I was wearing them when they looked like. You know, like uh, moon shoes. Or something. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I've been wearing them like all along. I, you know, when they came out as like this ultra running shoe, but they crossed over to kind of more of the orthotic. You know, like to the walking wounded shoe. Yeah. I started running in those, and it made a big difference. People used to make fun of me in the OR because I would wear them and they were so comfortable. Yeah. And I bet you there's 15 people in the OR. I bet you 14 of them have hokas on right now, yeah. you know, yeah. on a daily basis just because they're in there and they're comfortable. So I'm a hoka runner. Nice, nice. What about um, pack, hydration pack? Yeah, I've been wearing, like I have a couple Nathan ones. Yeah. I got like a more of a waist belt and then I got a lighter backpack and then a heavier one. So. I'm tr trying to build up my tolerance to the backpacks because yeah. you go like 25 miles in one 
and you get in the shower and you scream like a little, (laughs) you know, like like some chafing going on. And so I'm trying to build up my tolerance to wear those. Yeah. Um, and I, I'm, and I know it's not Nathan. I'm sure there's other packs out there, but I, I got a couple, so I'm a Nathan runner. Yeah, cool. Uh, and I'm trying, which GPS watch are you? Oh, uh, this is the Garmin. Okay. I think it's the 945. I think it's kind of more triathlete, you okay. know, centric. So that's why this one's worked well for me. All right. And uh, what kind of uh, what are you doing for hydration, like for electrolytes when you're when you're running? Yeah, I kind of play around. I've been doing scratch labs. Scratch has um, been working for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I'm a huge sweater. Same, dude. I mean, no. <laughs> It's like it's <laughs> you're looking at me like we had a sweat competition. You beat me running, but uh, a sweat competition. I would. I mean, I like in this crazy sweater. So I've been using the hyperhydration. Um, I can't drink enough almost yeah. to maintain my sweat loss. Wow. Um, and then I've also been doing Morin. Is that how it's from? Yeah, Marin? yeah, yeah. Morin, Morin. Morin yeah. Uh, I like that they're pretty clean. Okay. Um, and they don't, like in bottles um, I, and gels, I think they're really clean. Yeah. So they don't like, like when you rinse a bottle out, they're like all that. They, 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 yeah. They go down clean and they, they rinse out real easy. So I've been using that. I'm kind of a, a food eater. Okay. You know, I like... That, that was my next question. Do you do gels? But do you, I'm not a big gel person. Yeah. Um, I'll kind of like do... If I do, like on a bike, I'll do a water bottle of water, a water bottle of hydration, you know, like uh, scratch labs, and I'm eating food. Okay, what kind of food? What, what food are you eating? Like what? food, like real food, like bananas, okay. and like cliff bars, or... Okay. Um, so I, I like to eat... Yeah. Things I think, like they go in your stomach and then they elute a little slower, you yeah. know. And I, I can handle eating and running, and so I'd like food. Like when I do the big long twenty-four hour races and so forth. I mean, I like yeah. eating a a hummus, lettuce, avocado wrap. <laughs> yeah, you know, like making food and eating it. Nice. Okay. Well, that, 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 the question, cause like some people, and, and I eat pretty healthy except when I'm running a hundred miles or more. Cause sometimes like you just trying, trying to get calories in. So I don't drink sodas, but I'll drink a Coca-Cola, you know, in the middle of the night, gives me that rocket mm-hmm. fuel, you know, and then some like, sometimes like a little Debbie, you know, I used to love little Debbie's as a kid until I found out what, what was in them, you know, and it's like, <laughs> Oh, this is not good for you. Well, at I all. try to <laughs> eat good like on the, at the end, but then you walk up those aid stations. Yeah. Like, it's like chips and eggs. And I, I, you just kind of like go to town. Yeah, like you need the calories though. So it's yeah, hard. I'll, just, I'll eat, I'll, yeah. I'll just grease with yeah. those things. Yeah. I'm, I'm not a healthy eater during a race. So no. I think a lot of, well, you try to be. You try, yeah. Okay. But then I'm not. So one of the beautiful things about the the two hundreds is they at the aid stations. Then now they're like some of them are twenty miles apart, but uh, they're like like cheeseburger. I know they might have vegan ones. I don't know, but they'll they'll like cook you. Like I have food, you know. Mm-hmm. And so like when I did the Tahoe two hundred, I eat, eat a burger at every you know every single one. But that you need that real food you know to sustain you and i yeah i i try to i've i still do some of that but i try to eat as much real food as possible i think you know that's what we're made to uh but sometimes you got to 
pump some calories and there's like people like spring energy who do it's natural mm-hmm. and they're vegan options and you know it's high calorie but it's real fruit and stuff mixed up and so i've been trying to lean toward that yeah i'm pretty good at like you know at hour intervals like i, I gotta get something and yeah. goos and bars are kind of easy to eat but yeah. you know at, at bigger intervals you know i i think it's i, I like food Okay, so I think we got shoes. We got. I think we got all the. Any, anything else you use that's unusual, or anything else you do that that that. Oh, don't drink. You don't drink. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, you don't don't drink. Don't, no alcohol. No alcohol. All right. I think that's. I, you know what, what's crazy is I have a lot of um, I've seen, noticed a lot of ultra runners because you know beer is a big thing and all that, but there are a lot of people who just decided that they just needed to to quit either for personal reasons, for social interactions, or that you know because they can't stop, or just health wise to just decide it's just not a. I don't need to do it. Yeah, and I think it was as I am doing inventory. Hey, what about this or that? And it was just one of these things that you try, and I'm like. And I feel way better not. Yeah. And so I'm I'm not. And yeah. that was like three years ago where yeah. you know, I was like, hey, let's do a dry January and then it turned into a Yeah. A dry three years. Yeah. Um like social media. I was like <laughs> <laughs> Social media. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna you know, I'm gonna get off social media and, and that was like six months ago, (laughs) so I've enjoyed not being on it. It doesn't doesn't serve me well. And so I'm constantly going, well, what else can I carve out? What else do I need to bring in? Yeah, Um, simple. Simple. Simple, Mm -hmm. I like it. Hmm. Might have a start doing a side podcast on the simple life or something. Right. <laughs> well, man, I uh, I appreciate you coming and, and visiting. And uh, um, so you, you said you, you aren't on social media, but I'm people not, can keep up with you on social media. But though, I do things get have an yes. Instagram, and yeah. it is Doctor William Clark, and that's D R. William Clark, all one word, no yep. dots or anything like that. So yep. Dr. William Clark, and then Facebook is Dr. William Clark with Tulsa Boner Joint. So both can be found there. And I tried to have some compelling patient stories and some X-rays before and after. Yeah. Some highlight of some of the people and personnel that are part of the the team. Um, and so I think I think it's a great way to go on there and see some um, neat outcomes. Oh, one thing I did see on there, you mentioned Jason, who's your PA. Yeah. You guys run together. We do. You guys, yeah. did, you guys were at... Uh, we do Pumpkin everything Holler. together. Yeah, yeah, that's cool, man. That's awesome. No, that, that's we, really, Iron Man. Yeah. we ran this morning together. Yeah, that, that, <laughs> we bike together. That's we cool. We do surge together. We're in clinic together. And he's been with me for over a decade. And so when I said brother, he's, he's like yeah. a real brother. So That's so cool. So you probably spend more time with him than your wife. <laughs> yeah, she's, she's laughing. Yeah, probably so. yeah, probably so. Yeah, we spent a lot of time together. So. Oh, man. Well, uh, and he's quite an exceptional athlete, too. I mean, he he uh, he did the 100, and he's going back. And so okay. he crushed the Ironman. And, and uh, our last marathon we did together, I beat him. Nice. So I just wanted to make sure I got yeah, that yeah, one Yeah, yeah, put that there. out there, man. That's, you got you got you got. <laughs> You got to put that out there, man. <laughs> uh, well, well, I look forward to, to just following along. And, uh, man, I'll be rooting for you for, for Pumpkin Holler. I may, I don't know if I'll be out there or not because I, I'll, it'll be 
um, right around one of the 200. So um, I use, even if I'm not running, I like to be out there just to. It's close. It's yeah, fun it's, to be a part of the, the family. Yeah, yeah. Cheering people on. And uh, I, I worked at Aid Station one year. I might be able to do that this year. That'd be fun. Um, but who knows? Maybe we'll we'll get to, you know, share some miles at a race or, uh, or at Turkey Mountain one day, man. That'd be good. Yeah. Let, let me know if you need some training miles out there. I do. We can, uh, you know, I'll ju- I was there this morning, two hours yeah. this morning. I want to go. Because <laughs> Jason doesn't like running in trail he he moaned really ground when i took him up there a few weeks ago yeah so i need a trail running buddy yeah man i love turkey well i i've run i've spent eight hours out there a while back so i i, I might need to detox from turkey a little bit <laughs> right. trace, but, but yeah we'll, we'll get some time out there okay man. that'd be awesome yeah. all right man well well thanks for 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 being on the pod thanks and, for and, having uh, me yeah man and we'll keep in touch okay perfect